Welcome to the very first episode of Monsters of History. I'm your host, Christian Gonzalez. Now, you probably don't know too much about me, unless if uh, you know me personally. So, a little bit of background information on me. Uh, I graduated from Seton Hall with a master's in history, and I minored in communications in broadcasting and visual media. A little ironic that a podcast is not a visual media. And currently, I am a high school teacher uh, teaching history. And at the high school, I am the founder and moderator of the Horror Club, in which I show my students uh, different horror movies and we discuss the themes and sort of analyze them. All right, so I love horror and uh, I love history. So I thought, why not make a podcast combining those two loves? And if you don't know what the premise of this podcast is, basically, I would talk about how throughout history people have been scared. Maybe some local legends, maybe some legends from other foreign lands, and uh, also talk about some of the very real horrors that have happened throughout history, maybe something to do with serial killers or a genocide or something like that, Uh, not to make light of those situations, more to analyze why people are afraid. Uh, This is not meant to be an academic uh, podcast, though uh, academics may enjoy it as they are wont to do. Uh, This is meant for everybody who is interested in history or horror or both. Okay, in the first episode... Uh, is near and dear to my heart. The topic is the Jersey Devil, okay? Now, I am born and bred in New Jersey. I am, I, I have lived here all my life, uh, up in North Jersey, right outside New York City. And, uh, of course, you would imagine that all my life I've heard of the Jersey Devil. Of course, our uh, local hockey team, the NHL team, is the New Jersey Devils. And there's a New Jersey, an NJ, in the shape of a devil there. That is, of course, based off of the uh, Jersey Devil. And uh, as a kid in in my elementary school, I went to a parochial school. The parking lot, just at the edge of the parking lot, there was a... I wouldn't really call it a forest because this is suburbanized northern New Jersey. But there there were woods and it was sort of the border between the church slash school parking lot and a park run by the county. And, uh, you know, as kids, you would always imagine what is in that park. Uh, Some things we knew for sure were in that park. Uh, As a matter of fact, there was a a cat lady who set up a cat camp with various uh, little tents and everything four cats to live in, uh, uh, you know, we would, we would joke around that even the Jersey devil was in there. And if there was any place the Jersey devil would be, it was in those woods. So, uh, not knowing much about the Jersey devil, I'd always heard about it being from New Jersey. And one of the, th- one of the places I noticed the Jersey devil first was when I was about eight or nine years old. We took a, a family trip down to Atlantic city for a triple birthday celebration. Uh, my, uh, my, uh, my cousin, our friend, and 
I were born within a month of each other and we decided, you know what, let's go down to Atlantic City and celebrate our birthdays. You know, the quality of Atlantic City has fluctuated over the years, but it was relatively safe to bring a family and enjoy some family-friendly entertainment down in Atlantic City. And one of those things, and it's still up there, uh, is uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, one of the many uh, quote-unquote museums. Well, I shouldn't say quote-unquote, but one of the exhibits was a supposed a Jersey Devil skeleton. And I remember this thing. It uh, And since it was at Ripley's, I thought, well, it, it must be real. And just like that, I thought that the Jersey Devil was uh, confirmed by science to have existed. Uh, because after all, Ripley's Believe It or Not, I, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in comments and everything, or in email, but uh, the Jersey Devil, or excuse me, Ripley's Believe It or Not, is all true. So why they had a fake, a hoaxed, a hoaxed skeleton of the Jersey Devil, I have no idea. Uh, Ripley himself was a hoaxer, so maybe he was talking about how hoaxes were a thing. I don't know. And much more recently, when I was in college, uh, me and my uh, one of my lifelong friends, uh, shout out to Stax if he's listening to this, and I'd love to have you on the show eventually, because you are... Uh, somewhat a self-proclaimed, and I'll acknowledge your expertise on mythology and lore of all sorts. Uh, he and I, uh, and a couple of other friends from, again, New Jersey, decided to go on a kayaking trip down in the Pine Barrens. And if anyone doesn't know what the Pine Barrens are, basically, it's this area in uh, South Jersey that is almost completely uninhabited. There's only a few towns there. And most of the people who have been living down there have been down there for generations. And it's very weird, a very weird area, uh, climate and geographically speaking. Uh, It's a lot of sand and acidic soil and pine trees and even uh, even that's not the weirdest part. Sometimes there will be nothing there because of a forest fire, and then maybe a week or two later, it's all built up again. It's considered a very uh, rare type of ecosystem, not just in the United States, but in the world. Uh, but anyway, we went kayaking, and uh, I mean, nothing of note in the kayaking besides the fact that it was fun, it was hot, uh, but the merch shop, the the souvenir shop, didn't have much to do with uh, outdoors gear or kayaking gear, but more about the Jersey Devil itself. Um, t-shirt saying, I kayaked in the Pine Barrens and I saw the Jersey Devil. And of course, uh, from what I'm about to tell you, that is more or less an impossibility now. Although I consider myself something of a uh, a skeptic. Um, uh, This is not a skepticism podcast. This is merely telling of uh, stories 
and whether and accounts and things like that and just of the monsters and characters in history in general anytime there's a creature in question you feel free to believe it or not as Ripley says but um but this one for certain is is not real uh even though there are many people who like to believe in it whether they truly believe it or not I don't know and if they do they don't know the history of it so uh the legend of it the origin of the myth of the Jersey Devil basically uh is basically in pre-colonial or pre-revolutionary America colonial America there was a woman by the name of Jane Leeds or Jane Leed um, which is often referred to as Mother Leeds uh, you know referring that she had something to do with the occult or witchcraft or whatever and that uh, she had quite a lot of children and her 13th child uh, frustrated her to no end and it led to her cursing the child to the devil uh, himself and as she was giving birth a basically a monstrosity came about uh, the midwives and the family and friends tried to stop it but it flew up and out to the chimney in some accounts uh, mother Leeds uh, conceived the child through the devil himself that the devil was the father and also that some local Puritan clergymen tried to exorcise the demon or the Jersey Devil as it was uh, being born and that it exorcised the Pine Barrens and that it warded it off, okay? But that's just folklore. That is all purely uh, folklore. And the real history of the Jersey Devil comes from this brilliant book called The Secret History of the Jersey Devil. And I am not uh, sponsored. This is not a review of the book. No one has contacted me. I had to take this uh, course in in college called the uh, well, New Jersey History. Uh, it was part of my master's program. And part of the selected reading was The Secret History of the Jersey Devil. And it is by, let me get the book. It is by uh, Brian Regal, I believe is his name. Let me just confirm for you. Brian Regal and Frank Esposito. So these two uh, gentlemen scholars uh, concocted this book and it talks about the origins of the myth, the origins of or the, the real, the secret origin of the Jersey Devil, and how did it go from what it was to the monster we all are familiar with. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, uh, there was a man named Daniel Leeds, that's where Mother Leeds gets her name, which, by the way, she there's very little evidence to show that she actually existed, so historians across American history 
uh, agree that she she did not exist, or if she did, if she did, uh, not in the same context that the story purports her to be a witch and everything. So there was a man uh, there was a man named Daniel Leeds, and he was quite the religious man. So back then, New Jersey was divided east and west Jersey, which is more or less. Uh, the same as North and South Jersey. Very few differences. Okay. And uh, West Jersey, now South Jersey, was populated mostly by uh, Quakers. And if uh, you don't know much about Quakers, they are uh, a type of Christian group that are pacifists, okay? And uh, uh, they're called Quakers almost derogatory, uh, in a derogatory way uh, because they're known sort of to get up and kind of shake and dance while they're worshiping uh, at their Sunday assemblies. Okay, they meet in meeting houses and uh, they're very, very, uh, what we would call low church Christianity. Very, so high church would be Catholic, Orthodox, Anglicans, uh, Lutherans, right? Low church would be Baptists, Quakers, uh, some Methodists, okay? Very plain-looking churches, uh, you know, very focused on the Bible, things like that. They are not into ornate detail. They're into studying the Bible alone. And this is not a criticism of uh, anyone's religion, just an ex- just my best explanation as a non-Quaker, uh, which, by the way, the proper term is the Society of Friends. So the Friends, I am not a friend. I mean, I'll be friendly to a Quaker if uh, I ever come across one. But I am not a member of the Society of Friends, and this is just my best short description of what they are. So to get back to the point, uh, they have nothing much to do with anything besides biblical uh, fundamentalist Christianity. So when Daniel Leeds, a devout Quaker, is creating an almanac known as Leeds Almanac, which is a mix of pseudoscience and Christian value and things like that. Almanacs, as you probably already know, are meant to be guides and uh, they're meant to teach you things. They're almost like instruction manuals, but on steroids, okay? Uh... You know, there's there's tutorials and inf- inf- information on uh, astrology and and what we would definitely consider quackery by now, quack medicine. Uh, like you could, if you were born under a certain sign, you would be you would die of a certain ailment, or you could cure a certain ailment with this if you were born a Scorpio, but not if you were born a Pisces, some something silly like that. Okay. Um, now, of course, he immediately uh, has an enemy, and that is his Quaker uh, community. They immediately shun the book, or the series of almanacs that he's created, or is planning to create. And he has a he has a family. His most notable son is named Titan, like Clash of the Titans. Titan leads, and uh, he and his son Titan are creating almanacs uh, 
pretty much this very much the same just different editions okay now uh, the Quakers are not very happy with what they would believe to be basically Satanism or occultism all right and at the same time at the same time think about this almanacs are being created probably the most famous almanac is Poor Richard's Almanac, as we all know, is created by Benjamin Franklin. And Benjamin Franklin, besides being a founding father, is a, uh, a bit of a cheeky kind of guy. All right, he, uh, you know, he was very clever, very witty, and very creative. He decided that Daniel Leeds was too much competition to be left unnoticed. And so, what he decides to do is create hoaxes and basically mudsling against Daniel Leeds and his son Titan. And uh, he would basically uh, claim that his almanac was a crock of you-know-what. That it was all nonsense and ridiculous and I mean, in a way, it was. And uh, Benjamin Franklin, by the way, was writing about uh, astrology as as well. And so, even after Daniel Leeds dies, he's still attacking his son, Titan. He even uh, goes as far as to forge... He he creates a hoax. He forges a, a letter saying that it was Daniel Leeds' ghost slash devilized or demonized ghost writing a letter to uh, Titan and he basically published and circulated the letter very rapidly and made Daniel Leeds to be a fraud even further even after uh, he died Uh, which is a little insensitive if you ask me Uh, I don't know if anyone would do that today that would be interesting to see and uh, there might be some ramifications after that too. But he even uh, goes as, uh, goes as far to predict Titan's uh, death date, uh, which is something like October seventeenth. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so the question raises: uh, the question is raised. How does the Leeds devil become the Jersey devil. How does that happen? Um, because after all, this is almost a, a political uh, criticism rather than, or a fear or competition rather than a, uh, a haunting or an urban legend or a monster being created by Benjamin Franklin. It's really a a practical joke. So let's go back to the Quakers. They are considering Daniel Leeds possessed, a product of the devil, things like that. So there is some undertones of uh, horror, of monsters, of uh, cryptozoology in a way. Okay? The supernatural. And not to mention, also, you know, New Jersey is in the north, so is New England, and just the concept of 
folklore and monsters, creating monsters for entertainment and to teach children lessons is already very popular. And something that's very popular going, that's going on in the late 1700s and early 1800s is uh, science and pseudoscience. Okay. So what's going on? People are digging around. People are experimenting. People are uh, exploring the world. And so people are curious and people try to fulfill those curiosities, uh, I guess, to figure out what's going on in the world. And they create answers to questions that don't really have any empirical information to back up those answers. And so they create all these mythical beasts and sea, like sea serpents and uh, krakens and dragons and all these things. And this goes back to the dawn of man since time immemorial. Uh, but part of this scientific experimentation and this sort of uh, scientific revolution this, that's been going on since maybe the late 1500s is they're excavating and they're slowly but surely realizing that dinosaurs exist but before dinosaurs exist before they find bones and teeth and uh, claws and things like that uh, you know and they before they say it's oh, they're dinosaurs as we know now they're saying well they're dragons and they're devils and they're altered beasts of sorts and so people are still thinking about Daniel Leeds as the Leeds devil and people are st- and at the same time people are thinking about these monsters and mother Leeds and things like that you know they're considering the entire Leeds family to be this cursed uh, horrific thing so they are putting one thing next to the other and they are considering it kind of the same thing But the classic image of the Jersey Devil, this thing with a goat or a horse's face, some sort of strange lizard-like body with reptilian hands and these thin legs and horse's hoofs with devil's horns, a devil's tail with the point and everything and the the wings, uh, where does that come from? And the funny thing is, is that the answer does not even lie in New Jersey at all. It lies in uh, the neighboring Philadelphia, okay? Which, funny enough, is also home to many Quakers, or back then it was. And Philadelphia is pretty much directly across from where the Pine Barrens is. There is some gap, you know, the... uh, The southwestern part of New Jersey is pretty well built up. Uh, The southeastern part of New Jersey is pretty well built up. But between that, smack dab in the middle, is the Pine Barrens. And so people uh, from the Pine Barrens are going to be visiting Philadelphia a lot. right? South Jersey is known as a Philly and Flyers and 76ers and Eagles kind of territory. So they consider themselves more Philadelphians than New Yorkers. So they're going to be visiting Philadelphia a lot. And there was a entrepreneur, and I would even say con man, 
by the name of Norman Jeffries. And this guy, Norman Jeffries, had this museum in Philadelphia. And in order to increase his profits as much as possible, he decided to convince people that he had the Jersey Devil live on display, a living specimen of the Jersey Devil live on display. How did he acquire this animal? How did he acquire this uh, devil? Did he hunt it? No. He simply acquired a kangaroo, which keep in mind, not many Americans probably would have ever seen. Maybe, if anything, they've heard of them, but certainly they don't really know what it looks like. And a kangaroo has a bit of a goatish or horse-ish face. Uh, And he added by glue, which would totally be illegal now. Animal abuse red flags go immediately up now. Um, He would glue these uh, additional parts like horns and wings and claws to the kangaroo and he would charge it, uh, charge people to to see it. Uh, And almost a decade after the exhibition existed, he admitted, oh yeah, it's a hoax. I mean, (laughs) I wonder if he would have ever admitted if it was a hoax, if someone probably didn't realize, wait a minute, that's just a kangaroo, you know? And he was known for several hoaxes. This is probably just his most famous, considering an entire subculture in New Jersey was uh, created out of it. But the Jersey Devil definitely lives on in history and in New Jersey culture. I mean, I'm sure most New Jerseyans, especially those who live in the South, uh, the Southern part of New Jersey, know what the Jersey Devil is, have heard of it. And may he have even claimed to see it. I mean, uh, Joseph Bonaparte, brother of Napoleon Bonaparte, was hunting in Bordentown, New Jersey, and he claims he saw it. Uh, And, you know, people who don't have much better to do claim they see things, you know. And people who want to believe they see something will see something. So, uh, you know, people claim that the Jersey Devil's out there. I mean, I believed it was real as a, as a child, seeing its authentic skeleton in uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Check it out. Not a sponsor. But that's all I have to tell you now. If you have any questions or would like uh, to see a topic on the show, feel free to email me at gonzodocs at gmail.com. There will probably be a new uh, email in future episodes, but for now, G-O-N-Z-O-D-O-C-S at gmail.com is where you can reach me. And uh, I feel uh, obligated to say that this podcast is only possible through Anchor, anchor anchor.fm. They're the ones who uh, make this podcast uh, possible through their software. So thank you very much uh, for existing Anchor. Uh, I will probably be having this podcast on alternate Mondays, if not every Monday. So I hope to, even if no one listens to this podcast, I really don't care. This is for my enjoyment and for hopefully your enjoyment as well. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Facebook. Uh, there will be a Monsters of History 
Instagram page, so you can go and follow that. But please, if you enjoyed the content and think someone else will, please share it. Thank you very much. Uh, Hopefully, you'll hear from me soon. Bye-bye.